0: Welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Really e. FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host Jillian Parker.
1: Hi, everyone. Hi, Quinn. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. One final left, but we're pushing through. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm done.
1: Yay! How does it feel to be done with your junior year?
0: Uh, really, really weird and uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: you're technically a senior now.
0: I know. And you're still a junior, which is funny. Oh. When's your last final? Friday. Oh, wow.
1: I literally need to get 100% hundred on this considering I bombed the midterm.
0: Oh, mm. that's good. I'm sure it'll be fine.
1: Ugh. Why can't they just grade me on my personality? Even then, I don't know if I would do well, but probably better than I would <laughs> otherwise.
0: I just had four final papers this semester. Like, that's just all I had, but they were all due within a couple of days of each other. And so that was a really fun week. I actually, I i left our dorm twice in seven days because all I did
1: was sit and write papers. No, Quinn's a boss though, because she wrote like two papers in eight hours.
0: Okay. First of all, no, I didn't. <laughs> Second of all, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that would be a very bad thing if that had happened. Um, but I, did, I had two papers that were due within three hours of each other. And so that weekend was fun. And by fun, I mean not fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's still recovering.
0: Yeah. Seriously, though, like, I have not recovered that sleep
1: yet. <laughs> oh.
0: It's fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: So another person's not having a great week. Um James Comey who's the head of the FBI just got a letter from Trump basically saying that he's fired.
0: Yeah. This is a pretty big deal. FBI directors do not get fired very often mm-hmm. um especially, you know, when they're in the midst of investigating the presidential administration. Um does this sound familiar to anyone? Perhaps like Watergate? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But to be fair, like Democrats wanted him out of office, not out of office, uh, Democrats were pissed that he was still, like, investigating Hillary Clinton's emails thing, especially so close to the election, um, and then the FBI, and then, like, not moments before, but right before, um, the election, he was like, oh, well, look at all these emails that they, she still might be, like, hiding stuff, and then the FBI was like, uh, no, um, so, there's that.
0: Yeah, so... I have expressed displeasure with Comey in the past because of this that ha- this thing that happened. So yeah, 11 days before the election, he announced, oh, there are more emails. We're investigating with Hillary Clinton. Um, something that affected her stance so negatively in the election that may have actually been one of the deciding factors. I mean, obviously impossible to know for sure, but yeah, that was really bad. And then more recently, like very recently, announced that the Trump team has been under investigation for possible collusion with Russia- since before the election, but that he didn't feel the need to announce that. So there's a problem right there. Um, so a lot of people are calling for him to be disciplined or fired um, from the way that he handled both of these cases. Now, the reason, however, that this is still hella concerning. And does not provide me any comfort whatsoever is because Trump did not fire Comey um, right after the Hillary email thing happened like ostensibly that's the reason he got fired is because he mishandled the, the emails case it, it's months months later it's like five or six months later it, and Trump has repeatedly praised publicly the way that Comey handled this email case he thinks it's great obviously thinks it's great it may have won him the election Um But now that he is under investigation, now is the moment when he straight up fires him. And even though, so Comey is a Republican, but he was appointed by President Obama, and he was, and Obama chose to deliberately to appoint a Republican director of the FBI so that the FBI basically wouldn't go soft on him. I mean, that's me paraphrasing what probably was, like, more sophisticated logic than that. But yeah, like, and... Like, who here thinks that Trump is going to appoint a Democrat to director of the FBI so that he will be evaluated fairly in cases? Not me.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, like, it wasn't just his decision to fire Comey. Like, Sessions was involved, like, other people were involved with this decision. It wasn't Trump being like, oh, well, now I'm under investigation, so let's fire him, you know? Okay,
0: Sessions is another person I trust not at all, though. Okay, so... Like,
1: this is still, like, this is
0: the core team
1: so obviously, the incentives for this are not great. This does not look Trump, This does not make Trump look good. The only decision that people the only people who are really happy with the decision are the people who support Trump, like always and forever, and that's like thirty five percent of the American population. Um, but the one thing that both sides can agree on, the moderates at least, um, is that we do need some sort of unbiased third party. Well, not third party, but some unbiased person to handle the Russian investigation.
0: Yeah, and in breaking news as of a few minutes ago, it's not going to happen. They're not going to put a special prosecutor on the case.
1: Okay. Well,
0: or I mean more specifically, um Mitch McConnell, who's the Senate majority leader, has already said, "No, we're not going to have a special prosecutor on this case because the FBI is already investigating it, and it'll interfere with what's already being done." You know, of course. And a, a special prosecutor would be someone who doesn't have to answer to Congress basically. Mm-hmm. Um and could have the more freedom to like properly investigate this case. So this, that's the thing is with the, with the Comey firing, if Donald Trump at this point actually went and appointed a leader of the FBI who is a Democrat and is going to be tough on him and continue this investigation fairly and efficiently, then I'll be like, oh, I mean, okay, I guess. Um, because again like it's not like i've expressed a super love for comey before it's the timing of this and the almost based on what we know about trump and his whole team at this point the fact that this almost certainly means he's going to use this opportunity to appoint a more trump favorable person in this position that's the issue here
1: although i just feel like comey was accused of supporting trump anyway especially with the emails thing um but I don't know
0: yeah but it's at this moment when now that he's investigating him that he's being fired not before when he was shown to be supportive
1: so you'd rather have him not be fired
0: I would rather have someone who's going to fairly investigate Trump and I guess it got to the point where the Trump administration thought that was going to be Comey and they, they fired him
1: <laughs> yeah it's very sus so that's not great uh, Did you
0: just shorten the word "suspicious" into sus?
1: That's like a thing.
0: Is it? Yeah. I don't. I don't know your slang terms. Your I
1: didn't know either. Your
0: but... youth slang.
1: I'm older than you. Youth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? Okay. So, as per usual, <laughs> the administration is not not doing too great right now. And on that note, because like of all this uncertainty about who's going to now lead the FBI. Um, U.S. futures declined, which means that other people have less faith in the American political system. Shocker. Um, And then the value of gold has increased, which means that um, people are putting more... When when people invest more in gold, that means that um, they're putting more into commodities, which means that these sort of have more um, concrete significance when it comes to value so that means they are putting less faith in you know the value of the American dollar and more into gold which is just like the standard of um standard of wealth like all over the world so again the economy is obviously reflecting the uncertainty the ambiguities of what's going on in the White House because no one really knows what's going to happen
0: I really need the dollar to be strong this summer because I'm going to be in England and I need to take advantage of having a not terrible exchange rate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with Brexit, I think, I think it'll be okay.
0: Well, yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, this is my one little silver lining about the whole Brexit situation and the way the pound has fallen. Um, But if the dollar falls too, then I'm out of luck again. (laughs) And then there's also just the general instability of the economy, the U.S. government's Every time Trump opens his mouth, or more accurately, opens his phone, and everyone goes, oh no.
1: I saw this really funny thing, and a Republican said this, and she was basically like, I don't understand why the administration has not changed the password on his Twitter account yet. And I laughed.
0: I don't know either. He's... Did you see his new Twitter header?
1: No, what is it?
0: Okay, I guess he changed it already, but I saw something about this yesterday. Because you know how people can pin tweets to their profiles? If you Mm -hmm. go on their profile, there's one that's always going to be at the top. That's a very normal thing to do. Instead of doing that, he copied the text of a post onto his uh, Twitter banner. So if you went on the page out, this will be in the show notes as, um, screen caps of this. It has this picture of him and like a hundred white people with their thumbs up and mo- like 90% of them are male. But anyway, I digress. And then on, on superimposed on the bottom, it says director Clapper reiterated with everybody, including the fake media already knows there is, quote unquote, no evidence of collusion with Russia and Trump. And I have to assume this is a Trump tweet that he put on here because it includes the phrase fake media. But it just, what? Who does, like, that's not a thing that people do.
1: He's just, he's just a lot. Um, Yeah, but there's like a lot of, you mentioned before how there's a a lot of comparison between um, basically what Trump did and then also, you know, the Watergate scandal with Nixon back in 73, 73, is that right? Yes, 73. History. Yay. (laughs) Also, this is just
0: an interesting thing that I was thinking about this morning for no apparent reason, um, is I've mentioned in the show before like the different um, historical comparisons that we've been going through in this administration. And it reminds me of the phrase people say like those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And someone really famous probably said that. I forget who. And I just think that like this entire time, We've just been pointing at different areas of history, and we're like, "Oh, that one. Oh, no, that. One. Oh, this one. No, this one." And it's like, "Oh, no." And none of them are good, for the record, because like this has been compared to times of, um, you know, the civil rights movement, or World War II, or Watergate. Um, and we just have we have all these historical models to draw from, and Trump's getting through all of them, and in, in it's only been a hundred days, y'all.
1: <laughs> yeah, forty-four months left of his. Um presidency, unless, you know, he gets impeached. But if this is, you know, sort of um, history repeating itself, like Nixon, well, nothing official really happened until 26 months after, like, there was 26 months between the news of the Watergate scandal, and then also by the, his resignation. So like, even if formal action was to be taken, it would take a very long time.
0: That's terrifying. Yeah. But Yeah, um, this is another thing that is edging Trump ever closer to the possibility of being impeached. Which, again, won't happen in unless um, the Republican Congress turns against him. Or, you know, if in 2018 we managed to vote in a bunch of Democrats. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. That's also a long ways away, and I'd rather not wait for that. But we talked, we talked about the possibility of Trump getting impeached before, but how do you feel about that option now?
1: I mean... I don't think it's like obviously I don't I don't support him, but I just realistically don't think that he is going to be impeached just with the way our judicial system works. Um and I think hoping for something that's not gonna happen is just not what I'm gonna be doing.
0: That's me every day of my life. Oh, I just hope that this essay writes itself
1: <laughs> and that it writes itself well. <laughs> what do you think, Quinn?
0: Yeah, um, I think there is a chance that he will be impeached. I'm not, like, and I'm not, like, sitting around being like, oh, it's fine. He's just going to be impeached, so I don't have to do anything. But, like, I do think that um, there is a chance that he will be. He's obviously trying very hard not to be by, you know, the everything about him. Except for the not doing illegal things. Because some of the, because, you know, if it, like, the investigation that's happening at the FBI does go through and does find that there's evidence that he colluded with Russia or, like, can conclude that he colluded with Russia before the election. That's super illegal! (laughs) And, yeah, that'd be very bad. And I was conflicted before about whether or not um, an impeachment would even be a super great thing because then we get Pence, who is also terrifying and horrible. But the reason that I think... I would rather have Pence as president than Trump as president is because while Pence is horrible and we would have to continue fighting very, very hard against him, um, I don't think he would cause global nuclear war. And I think that there is a chance that Trump will cause global nuclear war, which would be the death of everyone.
1: I like how this is our standard. (laughs) Like, well, we just want someone who won't cause the world to blow up. So
0: yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at.
1: Yeah, Pence is definitely more predictable um, than Trump, and he also does not have a as saucy or not even saucy a as saucy. A, as not even a saucy Twitter like an awful Twitter as uh, as Trump does.
0: It is funny how I've heard like nothing about Pence for a few months though. Thinking about it, because you know there are always jokes about how no one th- ever hears from vice presidents ever again. Um, but genuinely, like, what is Pence up to? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think he's kind of just, like, regretting everything.
0: That or he's... I, I just picture him as, um like, a James Bond villain. Like, he's in a lair somewhere. He's stroking a cat.
1: I thought that was Godfather.
0: I it, I should also be clear that I have not seen almost any James Bond movies or The Godfather. <laughs> Are there cats in James Bond?
1: I don't know. I think... I wanna look up that quote. It's the I'm pretty sure it's the Godfather where he's stroking the cat and he's like, I'm gonna make an offer you can't refuse. Okay, that's
0: definitely from The Godfather. I thought they were I mean, just is it that is that only from The Godfather? I thought like villains stroking cats is is a just a trope.
1: Well, it should be a trope because cats are objectively awful.
0: Okay, no. We can't get we can't get sidetracked on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I think the one defense that Trump does have is that when he did, like, although he did fire Comey during the Russia investigation, and which looks super suspicious and is not great, um, he did so in a much earlier part of the timeline than, you know, if you were going to make the comparison, then uh, Nixon fired the head of the FBI um, during the Watergate scandal, because that was much more advanced, um, the investigation. Mm. But still, not great. And yeah.
0: Or maybe Trump is just so inept that the FBI investigation would be much shorter than the Watergate investigation." Quinn said, with stars in her eyes,
1: as she gazes off into the distance, as she thinks about a time
0: when not starting nuclear war was not a standard that I held presidents to, but a much higher one.
1: <laughs> These are now our hopes for the future. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen.
0: I just want to be alive so Jillian is really sad earlier because I meant we were talking about Brexit in Europe but then it was too early to transition into this topic so pretend we had a cool transition into the topic of the French election
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so um there was the presidential election between the two main French candidates um Macron and Le Pen on the 7th and Macron won 64.78% of the votes, while Le Pen had only earned 35.22%. So this is good for, you know, the EU, because uh, Le Pen, like Trump, ran a very populist um, campaign, like putting France first, and she was very, very, very anti-immigration. Uh, Macron, on the other hand, um, is very pro-immigration, open borders, and also wants to stay with the EU. So that's very good for the EU, considering that France was, well... Some parts of France really did want to break out of the EU, just like and follow um, Britain's example. But with um, Macron as president, that does not seem likely anymore.
0: And people are looking at this as um, a rejection of the nationalist policies that have been put forth in many Western countries recently, including, you know, the United States. And they're like, oh, look, the French, they're smarter than us. Can I can I have a brief meme discussion? Because... Mm -hmm. You know how I like meme hot takes of political events, and I think one of my favorites. It was someone. It was like me in two thousand two talking to like them today. is like, oh, so what's the future like? And me today says, uh, well, France is about thirty five percent Nazis, and then a person goes, what? And he goes, oh, and that's the good news. <laughs> we're we're oh really happy God. about it. Ugh. Not to reduce every per single person who votes for a right nationalist candidate as a nazi um but we've and this is something we've discussed extensively before um in terms of the u.s presidential election but like you know there were some nazis who did vote for her and there are policies that um she puts forth that are Mm -hmm. (laughs) nazi-esque
1: no yeah like when after she realized that she was going to be um up against macron she like did her best to sort of soften her image so she didn't come across as you know very um anti-immigrant so what ended up happening was um first of all she changed her logo um from a flame to a blue rose i don't know why i'm personally offended by this (laughs) And then also, last week, to sort of broaden her appeal, um, she temporarily resigned as the leader of the National Front. So that means that she's also, you know, trying to dissociate herself from her father, who was also very anti-Semitic and had this very strong racist rhetoric. So she was, you know, doing like a final dash to the finish line, trying to make herself seem as global as possible, even though her policies clearly weren't.
0: I I do find that interesting how when it came down to the runoff election, she was like, oh, no, like, gotta see more moderate. Um, Whereas (laughs) I feel like Trump did not do that at all.
1: Yeah. Um, Because I think Trump knew that his way to the White House was by just getting, you know, the extremes. So he did everything he could Mm -hmm. um, to get the far right.
0: Also, uh, in the original election, Macron did get significantly more of the vote than Le Pen did in the first place so Mm -hmm. she knew that she was the more unpopular candidate going in and had to scramble whereas Trump knew that Hillary was a very unpopular candidate so yeah
1: yeah so so I just want to say that first of all I don't really have a huge opinion well or at least a significant opinion on French politicians because I literally know nothing about French politics yeah (laughs) but I like Macron because The first five letters of his last name spell macro, which is objectively better than micro. Um, (laughs) And he's very global. See, I
0: see. That's I'm just so sad now because I like microeconomics better than macroeconomics.
1: Why? Because I got a B
0: minus in (laughs) macroeconomics. I mean, those that probably because I also dislike it and am worse at it. But anyway.
1: Yeah, so those that's just some fun wordplay on <laughs> the new French president's last name.
0: No, yeah, it, it has been funny because this is like the first time and um, maybe ever that so many people in the U.S. have cared about French politics because, <laughs> you know, that's not a... We don't normally care about those. Um, but because of this whole, you know, nationalist mentality sweeping through the Western world and every election we get to, everyone's on the edge of their seats, like, what are people going to do? What's going to happen? Um, and in this case... Um, you know, the French seemed to keep a level head, which was cool. And also, there's also, you know, Russia tried to interfere in this election, too, and it didn't work, which is kind of great.
1: Yeah. Um, Russia was apparently, Russia was apparently, Russia was basically backing Le Pen throughout all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, really wanted her to win because, you know, populism, but... In a similar fashion to what happened with Hillary Clinton, Macron's emails or there was were hacked into, and his accounts were cyber attacked, whatever, um, and all fingers pointed to Russia, um, in hopes in an effort to sort of convince the public that Le Pen was the right candidate. So that's not great, but at least Macron won. Yeah, it didn't work. Good for
0: France. <laughs> Ooh. And I mean, again, he's not a sterling candidate by any means, but I'm not going to go too far into that because I don't know a lot about because this is in France, um, and I'm an American college student, but he's at any rate a normal politician who supports the EU. And I'm sure the French people will find many, many reasons to be displeased with him um,
1: while he serves as president, but
0: for now, feeling pretty good.
1: <laughs> Yep. Um, a larger fraction of the country voted for him than, like, the U.S. did for Trump, so that's also a plus. Yep. But,
0: yeah, it was a pretty definitive, too, which, after some very close-call elections and recent memory, we were like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. hmm hmm I also wanted to bring up something that was being thrown around a lot by um, conservative sources that I think was interesting, and should be addressed is this whole (laughs) because there's a lot of stuff during the U.S. presidential election that people were saying was sexist against Hillary Clinton Um, and there was a lot of sexism in play in that election so when Le Pen was was losing slash lost against a Macron um, people were like oh well isn't that sexist as well it's sexist for you to not support the female candidate or that did she lose because of sexism Um, and other things such as
1: that. I think she lost because she's objectively awful. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, Yeah. what do you think about that?
0: I mean, I do think it's possible that sexism played a part in the fact that she lost. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just an undeniable fact of elections, and that's pretty crummy. Um, But the idea that it is sexist not to support her um, is ridiculous because, again, like, like, she was like a hard right-wing nationalist candidate and there were lots and lots of reasons not to support her and the idea that it was not feminist to not support her is, is something that I take very strong objections to because feminism is not supporting every random woman in the entire world feminism is a movement that is multifaceted and has a lot of history and works towards the equality of all genders um in all ways in society. And sometimes that means supporting female candidates and sometimes it means not supporting female candidates who are right-wing nationalists because being a woman does not make you automatically feminist the same way that being a man does not make you not feminist. And not supporting specific female candidates in any scenario does not automatically make you sexist or not feminist. There was a lot of stuff going on in the presidential election and there were a lot of of sexist reasons not to support Hillary Clinton, but the very fact that you did not support her did not make you sexist.
1: Yes, retweet. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I'm not allowed to snap that. (laughs) Yay, I agree with what you said.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there were some people who were claiming that it was sexist not to support her for any reason, and I don't agree with that. Um, I do think there were a lot of people who were in denial about their own implicit misogyny
1: but that is a whole that's a whole other topic (laughs) that is just another discussion for another day um but yeah this sort of just like this argument sort of reminds me of what happened in oh wait when um i remember at least in my in my school like i'm from a very small like not small conservative town but a conservative town um and you know it was the election with obama obviously and i think one one kid said in class, like, oh, like, Obama's cool and all, but, like, I'm not, like, my family isn't voting for him because, like, blah, blah, blah. And then the teacher, like, accused him of being racist. And it's like, no, just because you don't support Obama doesn't mean you're racist.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, if this kid was like, oh, my family's not supporting Obama because he seems like he's from a bad neighborhood um and he has a sketchy past and but not because he's black like that is still racist because those mm-hmm. are stereotypes and when people in the 2016 election were like i'm not supporting hillary clinton but not because she's a woman it's because i think that she's very emotional and irrational still sexist because those are that's sexist reasoning but like there is a distinction mm
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely another thing a lot of people were pointing out was the age difference between Macron and his wife um, because Macron is the youngest French president um, and his wife is roughly 25 years older than him which is, you know, like, pretty significant age difference. Um, She's 64, he's 39, and a lot of people were, you know, commenting on that, like, questioning his sexuality saying, like, this was a cover-up and, like, just couldn't fathom that he was like in love with this woman who was much older than she uh much older than he and um people have been calling her like the first grandmother of France which is like I really mean <laughs> but yeah that's so gross <laughs> but it's funny because um there's also a huge age difference between Trump and um Melania
0: yeah it's it's exactly the same age difference I think it's 24? 24 years yeah yeah. And I mean, I also think that's, the you know, a little bit weird, but no one's for calling into question, you know, Trump's sexuality or the fact that he actually wants to be married to this person. No one's calling Trump the grandfather of America.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not a very grandfatherly figure, though. No, no. Yeah. This just brings up another facet of sexism. Um, how it's uh socially acceptable for a guy to marry a girl much much younger than he is but then it's weird if a guy marries someone who's a lot older than him
0: Mm -hmm. and i mean that has so much cultural history oh yeah and how you know children children used to marry much older men um because you know you wanted a successful guy and a very young wife who could bear lots of children Mm -hmm. um and that was you know that was the norm um which is creepy just from my own personal experience this this stops applying um in a couple years but in our age group because um girls tend to mature faster than boys like in when you're still children um and even in college (laughs) i'm pretty sure the women are still a bit ahead of the men um so it, it seems weird. It would seem weird to me to date a, a younger guy, but just because I think the maturity difference would be too much. But I mean, once you get past like 25, then I think it pretty much evens out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what is it? The scientific argument is that males' brains don't fully develop until age 25. I would like to make the argument that it's like 35, but that's just me. <laughs> we'll
0: see. We we'll, we will report back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> TBD. Um, yeah, but I think at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter, um, how old your spouse is, and I don't think it's something that we should focus on. Um, I think the more important issue is, you know, their policies, and when Trump and Macron meet and discuss, you know, the future of France and the U.S.'s relationship, like, we shouldn't be commenting, um, on their wives' ages.
0: Yeah, exactly. Melania needs to move the hell to Washington, D.C., though. Can we all agree this? (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, honestly, we don't even talk about Melania very much at all, um, because there's so much more attention on Ivanka, Trump's daughter, with good reason, because, I mean, Melania, whilst just spending our tax dollars in New York, really isn't doing much, whereas Ivanka is, you know, working in the White House now, which she definitely was not supposed to be doing, but she is. And she also just released
1: a book. Have you seen this book? <laughs> it's, it's called Women Who Work. Is that the title, I yes. believe?
0: Women Who Work, Rewriting the Rules for Success.
1: Yeah, apparently she, like, even uses a fake presidential quote. So, like, okay.
0: Yeah, she tries to quote so many different people, and some of the people she quoted in this book were not having it, which is funny. First of all, I'm just going to spend a, a, a minute or two deconstructing this. Mm-hmm. One, the tagline is Rewriting the Rules for Success, but is the story of a wealthy white woman who was born rich continued to be rich um, and now is you know rich so I don't know where she was quote unquote rewriting the rules for success those have always been the rules for success
1: <laughs> yeah um, she does come from obviously a very privileged background so I do think that the equality of opportunity was just not like that's like, she was going to be successful no matter what because of her background. Um, so the fact that she is trying to sort of play this off as, I worked hard is just like, I mean, I'm sure she did work hard. I'm just saying that from, you know, an outside outsider perspective that this book and, like, rewriting the rules for success would come, um, would mean a lot more from somebody who did not come from such a privileged background.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just, there are so many interesting, incredible stories out there about women who work. Um, and the incredible varied backgrounds of people even just in the U.S., and there's so much there, and I just, I, I really don't like her and the way she's co-opted feminism. Um, yes, this is going to be Quinn Rance About Feminism, the episode, because, mm-hmm. again, feminism doesn't just mean women. Like, it's, it has a whole system. It's a movement. And so when Ivanka says, oh, I'm such a feminist because I'm a successful woman, even though I... And so I have helped support my father and work for my father, who is an incredibly anti-feminist candidate, um, and is she's not actually working towards these causes for equality at all. Especially for anyone who's you know women of color or LGBTQ or or, or, or like anyone who is not you know rich white heterosexual cisgender, you can't you can't call yourself a feminist, and it, people have been especially rich white women have been co-opting the word and the idea of feminism for as long as I can remember and using it to advance their own corporate interests and I'm sick of it
1: I don't know if I wouldn't call her a feminist per se but I would say that her argument and her argument that she is a feminist would be a lot stronger if you know she wasn't writing books about like how she got successful and it was more about like you know pushing for um paid maternity leave and, like, all of these things that could be taken away by, like, the new healthcare bill. bill. Um, so the fact that she's kind of just like, oh, well, like, here I am. I succeeded because I had this, you know, cushy upbringing um, doesn't really make her, isn't really doing anything in her favor when it comes to the feminist movement.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in the same way that I don't personally require anyone to embrace the label of feminist, even though I have a whole spiel on why it's important to do so. But, like, if you work for, equality then that's fine and in the same way like I don't just take you at your word if you just claim to be a feminist like you gotta walk the walk and I'm not seeing that from her and it frustrates me because she's very powerful
1: (laughs) yeah she she had so much potential
0: (laughs) yeah completely wasted
1: Ugh, yikes
0: just trying to sell her book Uh, on not directly the flip side but On another side of the whole feminist debate, (laughs) this is not a topic about feminism again, but I just find it funny because Nicki Minaj has been connected to those conversations before. But very recently, Nicki Minaj just gave away a bunch of money for people to go to college.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so on Twitter, um, wait, did she tweet? I think someone tweeted at her and was like, oh, like pay for my college. And then she was like, hey, like if you show me that you have a 4 0, I'll do it yeah um and so people started messaging her like their transcripts or like their report cards or whatever and then she started not obviously like entire college tuitions but she started you know sending money over the direct uh messaging feature of twitter and like a few hundred dollars here a few hundred dollars there um to students who could prove that they did have a 4
0: yeah because that's like i think she was she's running some kind of contest with like a giveaway to Fly out and meet her or something like that. And so someone was like, "You gonna pay for my tuition though?" And she's like, "I don't see why not." And I was like, "What?" (laughs) Yeah. So people were messaging her pictures of their grades and everything. And then I saw one where she sent a screen cap of a a student loans page, and all of them were between twenty five hundred and five thousand dollars, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and so and Nikki was like, "Yeah, I'll pay a couple of them." Of course, she was also. She was just like, "Yeah." to these people she was like dm me your bank information and i'll send you money and i was like wow this would be an incredible fishing scheme um <laughs> except why would Nicki minaj need to get money from these random broke college students but yeah
1: yeah i just want to say that nikki's bomb
0: i i like her she's pretty cool she this is not the first time she's done something like this and her
1: music is fire
0: yeah i was i was at an aquarium the other day and there was an anaconda and the entire time, I was just like, my
1: Anaconda don't, don't, my Anaconda don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> no, but yeah, this is, so
0: the, this is the whole um, really cool thing set into a dystopian future background, you know, the whole, like, every time people do GoFundMes to help people pay for hospital bills, it's like, okay, well, great that people are helping, but also why the hell do you need crowdfunding services to live? This ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. College is obviously different than healthcare. Um, but it's also it's you know, really, really great that she's helping sad that these people are in so much debt in the first place.
1: Yeah, college is expensive, man. Yeah. Nicki Minaj pay my tuition. I don't have a four point at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quinn uh, told me about this and she was like, Yeah, like Nicki Minaj is helping uh students um students pay for their uh, pay for their college if they have like you know perfect perfect grades. And I went and um, she was like, we should talk about it on the show. And I was like, why? It's not relevant to me because I do not have good grades.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, she wasn't requiring people. I I don't know it. This was obviously not like a stringent application requirement for a scholarship. She was just giving people money. Which agree because like it's. I feel like there are so many people who do you know donate to scholarship funds and set up funds and all of this kind of stuff but the fact that she was just like hey like fans of her on twitter people who were following on twitter saw this and were like wow you're incredible also like i'm really struggling right now and she was like oh yeah like have some money and i just think that's so cool because i feel like that method of direct giving really shows trust and autonomy in the people that she's giving money to because i mean like, she's not, I don't think she was sending the money to their school. She was just sending it to their bank account. But she was like, I trust you that, like, your education is important to you because you're getting good grades and I've proved that. So take this money and use it to pay for what you need to pay for.
1: I mean, I would definitely not do that. Um, Just because, not, not because it's not a great idea, but just because I have no faith in humanity and I don't trust people.
0: Oh, okay. But <laughs> That's it's the- cool that
1: she did. <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember one time, I have this very distinct memory of this. When I was a kid in elementary school, like 10 years old or something, we were given this thought experiment in class where if we had, if we were given, I don't remember how much money, like $10,000 maybe, um, and we could choose what to do with it, and it was supposed to be charitable, like where would we send the money? And so people were picking different charities, and I was a a very annoying kid, and I always wanted to be different. So while other people were choosing, like a lot of people said like St. Jude's and Mm -hmm. places like that, you know, charities that kids know about, um, I said that I would just give it out to homeless people on the street. And then my teacher was like, no, I was like, why? And she's like, you can't, you shouldn't do that because you don't know what those people are going to spend the money on. And basically it was, you know, homeless people are going to buy drugs, so don't Mm -hmm. give them money. And as a kid, I was like, well, what the heck? Um... And I never forgot that and think about that a lot because it's just the whole, we don't trust people who don't have money to be able to use money effectively because we think that all people who don't have money did something to deserve that fact and they deserve, and because clearly like they have a drug problem or something else and there's a reason that they deserve to be homeless and poor. And now I'm not saying that everyone believes that, um, and I'm, like, I'm certainly not saying that I believe that. I'm just saying that that is an implicit message in our culture, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really sad.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And also, just to go, like, to reference what your teacher said, like, we don't know where the money is going to, like, Red Cross, you know? Like, yes, we're – if – just, like, for example, like, yes, if we donate to, say, Red Cross or something – Um, we don't know exactly where that money is going. I think there was, I don't know if it was Red Cross, but there was a scandal where um, people were donating, but the money wasn't necessarily going to the thing that they wanted the money to go to. It was going more, you know, to like the people running it um, and not actually doing, you know, any significant work.
0: There have been a ton of charities who have been exposed for money not going where it's supposed to and just going to administrators slash doing Mm -hmm. work that's actually harmful. And I mean... Um, like the Salvation Army and Susan Komen and Autism Speaks and like <laughs> there are a lot of really big name charities out there who the money that they get does not actually go towards just helping people's lives in the way that they're supposed to
1: yeah which is why I don't trust people yeah a good conclusion
0: <laughs> I mean this is an important point in general I mean it's weird that we got here from Nicki Minaj people paying people's college tuition but you know research things before you give money to them. Because uh, with the age of the internet, like, this information is out there.
1: Yeah, it's definitely available.
0: Waiting for people to at me about the Salvation Army. Fight me.
1: (laughs) Waiting for people to send me money. (laughs) PayPal me. (laughs) (laughs) Nicki Minaj, where you at?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of all the charities out there, which one would you recommend?
1: I mean, I really like St. Jude's. Um, I remember my... Middle school, we would always ru- we would always have like a fundraiser, and all the money would go to St. Jude's. So I kind of just like grew up knowing about St. Jude's and like the work that they do, and I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, no, St. Jude's is a great charity. Um, what was the the name the math thing? Did you do the oh, math yeah, thing yeah, yeah, that we yeah, did? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is that called? Uh, the Mathathon. Mathathon. Yeah. So I think that kids all over the country do these. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but we would do these Mathathons once a year where it used to be workbooks and then it became a computer program mm-hmm. and you would do elementary math and then you would get adults in your life to sponsor you for you know how much of this that you completed um and I was a little smart Alex, so I always did the whole thing and so then I'd get people to people would donate to you be like oh like I'll donate ten dollars or you know oh I'll give you like 50 cents per question question or yeah. whatever Um, and then all that money would go to St. Jude and it was a really, really cool thing. And, and it is a fantastic charity that does excellent work helping kids, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. What about you, Quinn?
0: Ooh, um, well, besides, well, I mean, I guess this is the one charity that I actually donate to every month, um, which is Planned Parenthood. Um, yeah, I really strongly support Planned Parenthood because they do incredible work helping women in low-income communities especially and helping them get health care that they would not have access to otherwise um and also they are under attack constantly so they've be- they've become a political tool and I think that's really really sad because just because they provide re- reproductive health care and they do provide abortions even though no federal money goes to abortions at Planned Parenthood um they have become this political tool and so they do require um, help from the public, like public support and um, donations in case of, you know, drastic defunding, especially in states like Texas, where it's much harder to get proper, both reproductive health care and just health care in general for, you know, low-income women who live away from cities. Um, It's really hard to have access to that kind of thing. So I I endorse Planned Parenthood.
1: Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm a Republican and I really support Planned Parenthood, and so my parents always yell at me for that. Oh um, no! <laughs> but yeah, no, like like you said, like none of the federal money goes to abortions, and even if, even if it did, if abortions were illegal the thing is, like, it's, it would create a black market for abortions, and people would still be having abortions, it would just be not in safe conditions, which would then increase healthcare costs in the long run. So, like, I don't understand this whole, like, Republicans being against Planned Parenthood thing, because really, we're just, people, like, come on, like, come on, it's fine.
0: Yeah, and that's not speculation, that's exactly what was happening 40 years ago, like, abortions were very, very difficult and illegal to get until pretty recently, so. Yeah,
1: and, Second of all, like Planned Parenthood does so much for, you know, in terms of birth control, which I think is super important. So Yeah. I support it.
0: Preventive health care. It's the best. We do it. We need a lot more of it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <clears throat> I'm glad we got to end that on a positive note. I'm glad we agree um, on something. Su- research and support charities that do good work in causes that you care about. That's a really good thing you can do for the world if you have some spare income.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And thank you for listening today. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at MixedFeelingsFM, where you can tweet us or send us a DM. You can also find us at Relay.FM slash MixedFeelings, where there's a contact form if you want to send us an email. You can also find us in Apple Podcast, where you can leave us a review. Now, you can find me on Twitter at
1: AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Julian Parker. Thanks for talking with me, Jillian. Uh, thanks for talking with me, Quinn. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker. And these were our mixed feelings.